a geopolitical analyst, Patrick Henningsen. Um, Patrick, thanks for coming on at short notice. Just firstly, what's your reaction to the fact that uh, Julian Assange has been denied bail? Uh, I think it's completely outrageous considering the circumstances of his uh, his personal condition, mental and physical, uh, but not only that, just, you know, where he stands uh, in reference to other similar cases. Uh, so if you look at precedent law, you look at other cases, even in the British courts, uh, there's just plenty of examples uh, that would say, you know, he needs to be granted bail right now. Uh, there's terrorists that have been uh, in the exact same position in terms of extradition proceedings who were uh, tagged with ankle bracelets and allowed to go home and, uh, you know, basically have a fairly normal life with their family, although somewhat confined and also tracked uh, by GPS trackers. So, I mean, uh, the, the arguments made by the judge, uh, Vanessa Baretzer, uh, they simply uh, don't c conform with reality. Uh, she's uh, characterizing his uh, flight uh, a decade ago uh, uh, from what she calls absconding. But in fact, he was uh, legally, according to all international law and treaties recognized by the British government, he was seeking uh, political asylum, which is your right. So what this ruling says, I think one of the big takeaways is, is that the British court today has basically signaled that it no longer observes this part of international law or treaties on political asylum. I think that is a major shockwave uh, that should, should be reverberating right now. People need to realize uh, the gravity of that. Okay, it, it was the US, wasn't it, that opposed this bail application and they were saying that, look, um, Assange did go to great lengths to avoid extradition in the first place uh, when he took refuge at the Ecuadorian embassy and he was there for, for seven years. So, you know, why should we believe that he would adhere to any bail conditions? Well, again, it's, it, this is all about language and reframing. Of course, this is, this is the, uh, the, the universe, the ecosystem of, uh, of legalese in the courts, and it depends how you characterize it. I think the Assange legal team, from the beginning, from last winter, uh, when these proceedings began uh, at Woolwich Crown Court in Belmarsh Prison, they made an absolutely convincing case uh, you know, really adhering to all international treaties and laws, and the U.S. prosecution has sought to undermine uh, that at every turn and appears to have been really supported uh, by the judge and uh, Vanessa Baretzer in their views. Mm. So, I mean, you can, make, you can make the argument from the U.S. prosecution, and that's their job is to make that argument and to, you know, their client is the U.S. Department of Justice. Of course, they want to uh, keep him on ice and have him rendered to the United States, but it simply doesn't doesn't conform with uh, precedents uh, in, in British past British decisions, with other similar cases, uh, and nor, the, nor does it conform, uh, really, if you look at the genealogy of this case, uh, with international norms. And we are we constantly are told that it's, it's a rules-based international order, but it seems th those rules uh, seem to be only applying to certain people at certain times, and at uh, really at the pleasure of uh, whoever is really, you know, presiding as as the most powerful actors on the international stage in this case that's clearly the united states and its uh, partner uh, in the special relationship uh, britain mm. what i think many of his supporters will fi find strange is that on monday the case for blocking extradition was all about julian assange's health and mm -hmm. uh, and the judge actually said you look I, I believe he's a suicide risk if he's in prison and yet today he goes back to a high security prison 
Well, quite quite right. You you've you've uh, illustrated the point perfectly. Not only that, on top of what you just said there, which is uh, a, a very valid argument, and certainly it's one uh, that the defense is making. Uh, the fact that under the guise of uh, COVID nineteen, under the the, the 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 atmosphere of the pandemic, uh, there are no visitation rights right now. Uh, I believe for Belmarsh Prison. I may be wrong uh, on that, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked, that's been suspended. So he will not be able to see his family uh, in the in the near future, for, for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, uh, there's that plus, you know, certainly they'll be appealing again. Then there's the issue of will he have access to his legal team, which he has been denied uh, access to proper legal team to prepare for his defense at every turn, really, in the last couple of years. That's also going to continue going forward. Certainly, his defense is going to be appealing uh, at uh, every every bit of this uh, in terms of legal motions. But, uh, but yeah, so the health issue, I mean, the, you have the extenuating circumstances of of COVID, uh, and that's going to increase the mental condition that the judge, as you pointed out, uh, is is ruling on just uh, mm. just yesterday. So I don't understand uh, really how this, you know, how this makes any sense. It doesn't. And again, you've got a man here who's on remand. I mean, he's not he's not being convicted. He's on remand, and he's back in a high security prison. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, this is unprecedented. Uh, it's going on now, uh, a year and a half, unconvicted. Uh, in a maximum security prison. So again, we're comparing him to serial killers, murderers, uh, terrorists, you know, bombers, things like this. He's he's definitely been classed in that position. So you know, from that point of view, the classification, how the court is, how the judge, uh, how the prosecution is framing uh, Julian Assange is that of a high tech terrorist. Is that, as your previous commentator stated uh, just a few minutes ago? Uh, and also that WikiLeaks is framed as a hostile foreign intelligence actor. And in, in, indeed, the prosecution just this morning uh, brought up the point and made hay about the fact that uh, WikiLeaks had uh, supposedly aided Edward Snowden uh, in his flight uh, from Hong Kong uh, eventually to, to asylum in Russia. And, and somehow that factored in uh, as an argument. So you can see the U.S. is, you know, trying to... In, trying to push the, all of these sort of things that really have no bearing on the actual uh, decision or how the court was going to decide today. But they threw everything in in the kitchen sink uh, in order to create this monster mm. uh, again. So not much has changed, really. That's the, really the sad parts about the decision today is there's, you know, the ball hasn't moved that much down the field in terms of Assange's defense uh, and also in terms of how the media is framing him. I mean, yeah. there has been some... A positive coverage in terms of a lot of people coming out, uh, high-level uh, liberal left-wing journalists and editors and people that were normally silent on this for a long time. Uh, they've come out in his defense recently. Some papers like The Guardian have broken ranks and finally said, no, he's probably not good for him to be extradited to the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, besides that, the general framing of him uh, by the, uh, the legal system hasn't changed. And so he's, he's being treated as such, as he's been labeled as a terrorist, uh, WikiLeaks as a hostile foreign intelligence actor, when in fact they're, they're pretty much changing their proper classification, which of course in a normal setting would be a press outlet, would be a member of the fourth estate. He would be a publisher and a journalist and then would be afforded all of the rights uh, under, under that uh, title. Uh, by the law that's recognized throughout history, but that's not happening. And so this is why we're in the situation we're in.
Yeah, and we're also in an indefinite period of time because how long will it take before an appeal will be heard? Um, then how long will that appeal take? Uh, all the while Assange is sat where he was you know, for the last two years and probably on Monday he was thinking to himself, I could actually walk free within a couple of days. But all that's been removed again. Psychologically, it must be, it must be torture for him. Sure, sure. It, it, it absolutely is. And uh, not only that, but it, again, the court, uh, of course, the U.S. prosecution, but the, the British court is viewing his time in the Ecuadorian embassy as absconding, as, as sort of an illegitimate attempt at asylum. And quite amazingly and unprecedentedly, the government of Ecuador uh, reversed their decision, which is clearly documented. It's, it's fairly well proven under political pressure. There's no really argument that that happened. So, I mean, he does qualify as a political prisoner under so many different uh, uh, bits of uh, evidence. And not only that, the UN, uh, the Special Rapporteur on Torture, has has weighed in, has documented, has ruled multiple times uh, that his time in the Ecuadorian embassy should be viewed as arbitrary detention. Uh, and, and again, his the last 18 months of his stay in Belmarsh is an extension of that, in fact, even harsher uh, detention. And really, he's uh, unconvicted. He's, like you said, he's, he's indefinitely on remand. That's completely unprecedented for someone uh, who's, you know, playing the role uh, that he's playing in reality, which is journalist and a publisher, but has been reclassified through language and reframing as something else, as a, a national security threat, as a, a terrorist, as a, a flight risk uh, in that sense. So if, if he was a terrorist, he was a bomber, uh, and he did, you know, is guilty of some terrorist offense or somewhere and, you know, you're in this situation and, you know, there were actual lives that have been lost and so forth. And he was a deemed to be a pub. If this was another person, you could see how these arguments could be valid from the U.S. prosecution. But but in fact, in the case of Julian Assange, they're not. Nobody can make a sane argument that they would be. Uh, so I think that a lot of this is happening within the bubble within the, the, the confine, uh, within the, what, what increasingly looks like a vacuum of reality uh, within the legal system that doesn't really uh, adhere to you know, w what the realities are outside the court. And uh, I blame part of this on the mainstream media who have been basically absent without leave for years. Uh, on his well, case. And that, that has changed, Patrick. I'll just intervene there because, you know, if you were reading the newspapers, just go back five years, six years, there was a lot of support for Julian Assange and then it just changed. Yeah, no, if you go back 10 years, massive support uh, and it changed. And the reason it changed is clear. Uh, it's because of the uh, case that was sort of what, what looks to be a, a fabricated uh, a sex crime case against Assange, which was done, documented now, there was some degree of collusion uh, between the Swedish prosecutor's office uh, and the British CPS. So, I mean, that's been leaked and that's documented now. So there was some coordination there uh, that didn't need to be dragged on. But the fact that that uh, sex case dragged on turned the entire left wing, uh, turned the feminists against Julian Assange, a lot of journalists, newspapers, and people just didn't want to touch him. In fact, some of the people who are defending him now, uh, and, and it's great that they have stepped up, but uh, just you know, two years ago, they, they weren't defending him, some of the, even the high-profile people, because they felt it wasn't safe, because they didn't want the ridicule from their peers and political cohort. 
so they all backed off. And then obviously the, the worse the situation got in Belmarsh, a lot of those organizations, uh, which you, one could name, uh, they did step forward and they did sort of say, OK, this is a serious case. I think they did that because when Sweden finally dropped uh, the sex case, uh, then a lot of it was kind of a green light for a lot more support to come flooding in. And, and thank God it did. Mm. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't think he would have got the decision on Monday uh, that that even the decision that uh, the judge Baretza ruled, I don't think that would have happened if not for the second wave of support mm. that's come uh, for Julian Assange really in the last 12 months uh, since the Woolwich uh, proceedings. So, you know, that's that's a testament to every single person who's come out to uh, support him. He's got an inc they've got an incredible uh, support, grassroots support base. They have come out really that some people have been out there for years, mm. candlelight vigils in front of the Ecuadorian embassy uh, right right the way through to to now. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's a real grassroots movement. And if there hadn't been the pandemic uh, last spring uh, and lockdown policies, I, you know, you would really see some serious crowds mm. outside these proceedings right now. I mean, it would be thousands. I mean, uh, there is, sorry, I was going to just jump in there, Patrick, and say there is a quick way out, and that would be for a pardon from Trump before, what, January the 20th? Sure. And, and this is a big question uh, that a lot of people have. Is, is that going to happen? What's, is that realistic politically? I mean, that would be sort of a parting shot from Donald Trump uh, should his election challenges uh, you know, fail uh, this week and next week. Uh, he's making a last stand in that regard. Uh, that would be sort of a parting shot to the establishment. Uh, but, of course, he would be roundly ridiculed and probably forever branded as aiding a Russian agent uh, if he went and did that, unless he's willing to take that hit. I don't know if that's likely or not, if that's possible, if he's going to do that. But certainly that would be uh, that would be a, a solution to to everything. Uh, but that would really set the national security establishment probably large swaths of the Pentagon establishment, maybe some of his own support base within that establishment could possibly turn on him, not because if it's a right or wrong issue, it's because they they themselves, even people within the U.S. Uh, permanent state, as it, as it were, in Washington, a lot of them have been brainwashed by the same uh, media misinformation about Julian Assange uh, over the last few years that the general public has. The, the, a lot of the senators and, and congressmen in the U.S., their views on Assange and WikiLeaks really reflects the, their, their public, their constituents' views, which is really determined by mainstream media coverage. So you can see the cycle of propaganda, the yeah. cycle of uh, reframing, as it were, on this issue sure. in the public. It's going to be reflected in the legislature as well. And so the, you know, that's how the U.S. Okay. consensus Patrick, works. look, we're going to have to wrap it up there. Really good to get your insight, though, into all of this. Uh, that was Patrick Henningsen, uh, geopolitical analyst. Thanks for coming on. Okay.